Gay. And I'm your host, Geraldo Rivera. You're tuned in to episode 26 of Geraldo's Edge Game. The premier edging coomcast podcast whatever you want to call it episode 26 I bought a CPAP off of Craigslist just to see if uh, if I had sleep apnea I haven't figured it out not sure I'm not insured and uh, I figured it, it was actually cheaper to just to just buy a bootleg CPAP machine apparently <laughs> and so I'm gonna get some kind of disease soon any minute now Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to mothers, to women, mothers to be, to women in general as a concept. Happy Day. I'd like to take a moment to recognize some of the mothers and I would just the influential women in my life. I know I already did a mommy episode and an at one hour episode is more than enough to sum up uh, my lifetime's worth of uh, motherhood on her behalf. I will give her a, a shout out, a quick shout out. And I've talked about the many women I've crushed on. And some would argue I treated them like my mother some some might say i have an issue i that i have multiple issues some would say one of those issues is a mommy issue now do i agree who's to say i'll let you decide Do I have mommy issues? But with that in mind, just wanted to acknowledge I've had multiple mommies, including the women I've dated, but they will not be included in this list. I will be talking about the other women who try to fill the gap and fulfilled some sort of maternal 
role in my life. And of course, in true classic fashion, I will be tributing them via cum. I haven't talked to my mom for a minute. I'm sure she's fine. Let's see, I did my mommy episode about, I don't know, four months ago, maybe. Something like that. It doesn't matter. Uh, nothing's changed. Still love her. She's still out there. She's still doing her thing. Being a good mom. Leaving me alone. Which is all I could ask for. What the fuck? <laughs> Leaving me the fuck alone. Like a good mom. I love you wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And thank you. My mom, her mom was an interesting woman. Her mom was very Filipino. And I don't mean that in like a cultural sense. I just mean just she was literally just very Filipino. She was born and raised and died in the Philippines. Um, and I don't consciously remember meeting her. I, I have vague memories of her sitting in our living room and our dining room and playing solitaire uh, by herself. That is my most vivid memory of my mom's mom. Uh, my most vivid memory that someone else has told me about her related to me is, uh, is one that she was, uh, addicted to gambling just as just to preface this is that she had a problem and I didn't find this out until a lot later that it actually caused a great deal of, of hardship for my mom's family because of her gambling that if not for her gambling, they would actually have been considered a relatively upper class family um, in the Philippines, or at least within their neighborhood or on their island, perhaps. I, I don't know relatively what that means. It means they can buy two cans of beans instead of one. I don't know. You can add a couple more beans to your hollow hollow, perhaps. <laughs> it was a family of 11. It was 11 children. Okay. This woman popped out 11 fucking kids. 
and this is this is this is not in with Roe versus Wade. There is no there is no Roe versus Wade in the Philippines. All right. You just fucking you just fucking do it. You, that was, you know, that's like the era of when you had kids to benefit yourself. When there was no question about why you had kids. There is none of this like, oh, because I'm I think I'd be a good mom. I think it'd be good to no. And I respect that. I think it was from an era when you had kids because you needed someone to help take care of whatever you owned, your property, your business, your farm, your house. You know, you need a, need a kid for every chore, hopefully multiple chores. Okay. But you know, they'll get good at least one. They'll be good at one. They can master one by age five, hopefully. And so in a way, I, I, without having really met her, I understand she's a trad wife, my grandma, my Lola. Um, and she hustled. She hustled the hard earned cash that the family business brought in. She, she gambled it away to the point where there were uh, uh, debt collectors coming to their house and, and would just take their furniture and other belongings. And my mom has told me that that occurred many times, that occurred many times throughout, maybe not only her childhood, but into her teens and adulthood, I don't know. Is bad. Is bad. <clears throat> I don't know where she's like in terms of being a good mom and and being that heavily addicted to gambling. I don't know. They're not necessary. They're not mutually exclusive. But I did not hear a a positive flip to that to that con. There was no pro to the gambling issue from what I understand. Um, with that said, fast forward many years, many of her siblings, many of her children, many of my mom's siblings, including my mom, made it to the United States illegally, obviously. Uh, they were little, they were little fobs. They were little fresh off the boats. They made it to New York. Okay. Very cool. Good job. We have, you know, Philippines has a good relationship with the United States. I think they still do. That's why we, they love white people. That's why they worship white people. That's why my mom fucked a white guy. And I know it's, I've discussed this many times already, but I'm so thankful to my mother for fucking a white guy and saving me the trouble of being a full Filipino. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. Fuck Filipinos. <laughs> Jesus Christ. My mom was smart. You know, I used to think, damn, my mom hates her, herself, her culture and her, her race so much. She, she just wants to erase Filipinos. And 
I agree. I, you know, I used to judge for that. I thought I was woke. No, my mom has it right. We definitely need to stop with the Filipinos. We need to, I'm ending it here. I'm only half Filipino, but I don't even want to spread my half. Okay. I don't, I, I don't want to, I don't want a kid with a quarter of even Filipino in them. That's not where the future should, should take us. Okay. Ending, ending Filipino bloodline is probably one of the better things I can, I can do. That's my only gift that I can contribute to the world is to not procreate. Anyway, thanks mom. And thanks dad. Thank you, dad, for being all white. So half the Filipinos made it here. Those dirty scumbags. They made it to New York and uh, started spreading their seed. Okay. Now my parents were late. They were later than the siblings, some of the other siblings. So by the time I came around, Lola, grandma had already come to the States and had begun her duties as a Lola taking care of the children. She was helping to babysit. Um, and she had been passed around a couple families. I didn't, I didn't, you know, there wasn't a, a very open reason as to why or what was going on. It was just, it seemingly was just that she was spreading her duties around to the various siblings, you know, spreading, very spread thin. This was between New York siblings in New Jersey and then, and then the rest in Pennsylvania, um, which is where we were, where we ended up. Um, and the story that I heard is that my grandma, while babysitting me, I don't know how old I was. I can't imagine old, older than two or three. I really can't remember this happening, but, uh, she was responsible for taking care of me. And I guess both my parents were working. And what happened is that she at the ripe age of like, I think she was in her late seventies. She figured out how to navigate the public transportation system of uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania and either caught a train or a bus, multiple forms of transportation to get to um, Atlantic City in New Jersey, which is not too far, but I think at her age, it was a bit shocking for her to have put that much effort and energy into uh, filling her gambling addiction. Um, and, she, and the, the point is that she left me is that she left a child alone that she was uh, responsible for, which is so funny, which is so funny. Uh, I wish I knew more details about this story. I, I just want to know, like, you know, when you come home, you have the realization that she's not there how do you, f how do you find her? I'm assuming it was when she got home, she was just like 
sup you know like yo you know i scored big you know i hit big that's what i would love to have heard but i i don't think i heard any the the bad ending of the story is that basically i think my family my parents were the last uh straw we were the last family to have received uh, lola and her 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 gift of addiction and i think after us no uh, nobody else in the states was going to uh take her wanted to take her in and so she was deported we personally deported Lola back to the Philippines. <laughs> Allegedly. We personally called ICE uh, because then they would pay for the deportation. They would cover the, the cost. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's true, but that actually makes the most sense financially. That's a kind of a smart money saving tactic. I'm sure that that joke's been done a million times already, but I'm, I just, it's funny to me. It's, it's especially funny to me because they would Filipinos are, you know, they are frugal. Why wouldn't you? Maybe they would send her in a box, you know, one of those like hundred pound boxes that we would send back to the family. Anyway, she was not an influential woman in my life personally, but I wish she was. I just like the story. And I, you know, passed, she passed away when I was 12 and I got to go to the Philippines as a, you know, a 12 year old. You know, it's good to go somewhere like that once in a while. Remind yourself how poor you could be. And not only how poor you could be, but how Filipino you could have been. Oh, man. Really dodged a bullet. Um, and then there is grandma on my dad's side. Uh, who is the Italiano. And she... Not as bad of a gambling problem, but definitely ignored other responsibilities to gamble. Uh, and again, did not seem to have any redeeming qualities to balance that out. Just my understanding. This, this grandma I lived with, this grandma I watched die actually i watched her die until she was dead you know she and she did nothing she she was literally a nothing of a person uh very very selfish very self-centered as i knew her and then you're you know you go to the viewing and say how 
great of a person and great of a life she lived. And that's everyone. That's, that's what I learned from, from watching my grandma die is that that's how you, you know, I'm not speaking ill. Like she's not a bad person. I'm just saying, you know, your legacy will live on much greater when you die. And that's true for a lot of people. And I, you know, I hope I die soon because it's only going to get worse, uh, for me. And so to live as a, to die as a small time jerk off solo porn star would be fantastic. And, and, and if anything, that is what I learned from, from grandma. Thank you. She taught me a lot about morphine, about how good morphine seems. But unfortunately, I don't like opioids, at least not at this point in my life. But we'll look forward to morphine being provided and reimbursed by insurance. Just don't want to pay for it. That's all. Assuming I ever have insurance someday. Uh, rest in peace. Happy Mother's Day. I wish they could have lived together or met, you know? I wish they could have both gambled together, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if that would have saved them. So both my parents, they had very, I would say, absent mothers. I have images of both of them playing solitaire in my head, except with the Italian, she would smoke cigarettes and, and, uh, drink a Coke and then have her oxygen nasal cannula in at the same, like she'd take it out, puff and then put it back in. I don't think she turned the oxygen off. I don't remember like that distinctly, but like, as far as I know, it was one fluid motion. I remember her doing puzzles, you know, it, it was as if that was her most comfortable, like sedated state was to be cigarette, caffeine, pure oxygen. And that's life after 60. <laughs> Uh, and that brings us to the next generation, the, the aunties, the aunts, the, the, uh, titas, the titas of my life. Uh, I, I like to sum them up as almost across the board universally racist and homophobic and perhaps other forms of bigotry as well on top of that, that I don't know, but I am uh, very aware of the racism and the homophobia um, and that, and only because it's, they don't hide it, you know, they're very confident about it. In fact, I would I would say confident. Yeah. Whereas I have not learned to be very bold about my views yet, but perhaps something I can learn from my elders someday. 
my dad had a brother, had a lot of brothers, but one of his brothers, John and his wife, Marlene, John and Marlene, I, I remember I liked them a lot, actually, um, as a child. They were very, uh, well, I thought they were very generous, or at least they always gave me pretty decent birthday presents or birthday money. They were very attentive. And I found out later on, it was mostly because they never had kids of their own. Uh, Marlene could not seem to carry a child to full term. Before I was born, when my parents were just fucking hanging out, I guess, uh, my mom had very seriously offered to be a surrogate for John and Marlene. And I don't think even in a, in a money way, I think, I mean, beyond just paying for whatever medical bills or like supporting, you know, the basics of, uh, you know, carrying a child. Uh, I don't think she was asking for payment, you know, she's not trying to make it a, make a profit. She just genuinely wanted to, help them have a child without breaking the fucking bank. Um, Cause surrogates even back then were, and still continue to be extremely expensive for good reason. Um, but you know, my mom had a healthy womb as far as she knew at that point. And um, they refused. John and Marlene refused because my mom is Filipino and a very dark one for that matter. Very dark Filipino. Now you can say that the, uh, the science says surrogate mother truly is not, is not going to change your baby's genes. That's, that's, that's a fact. Your surrogate mother is not going to, uh, she's not going to give the baby brown skin. This is a very white couple, Italian couple, very beautiful, very beautiful child would not be tainted by my mother's brown skin. Okay. But they didn't get it. They're still worried it would be tainted to come out of my mom's pussy, you know? And so now they just have not had this. So they're just childless to this day. They're just, you know, and that's my understanding from both my mom and my dad is that they did not like the idea of a, a brown woman, not even a true brown woman. She just really dark Filipino, uh, to carry a child for them. They'd rather have no kids than have a, a child push through a Filipino woman's pussy. And they, it wouldn't even have touched her pussy, actually. She would have been a C-section. I was a C-section. 
you know, she's got a very small, she's, my mom's tight. <laughs> my mom's tight as fuck, dude. Um, that's really it on my dad's side. I mean, I can only assume the rest are pretty, they're pretty racist. My mom's sisters, they're, you know, it's, it's a lot more lighthearted. I don't, I don't know how much, how, how much, uh, how consequential their views are, but it's definitely rubbed off on me a great deal. Um, definitely ingrained a lot, a lot of homophobia in me growing up. I was extremely afraid to be gay. I was extremely afraid to be gay because of my Filipino side, not even the Italian side. The Italian side, I think would be very, you know, Italians are kind of fruity anyway, especially New Yorkers. They're fucking fruitcakes, you know, you could definitely pull it off. But Filipino side, oh my God, like you might as well be retarded too on top of it. You know, it's, it's the same thing to them. You're, you're just like a failure, you know, and I've talked about this plenty already, but just, I know a lot of it came from not just my mom, but you know, it's, it's, it's throughout the whole family is, is this constant joking of like, what are you bakla is, is the Tagalog term for gays bakla. And it always, it's such a sharp way to say gay. It's, it almost feels more harsh than saying fag is to call someone bakla. It's a lot of their words are sharp like that. B-A-K-L-A, -A, I think. Bakla. And it hurt. I remember crying because I was being accused of being bakla because of the way I played fucking rock, paper, scissors one time. I'm traumatized by this memory. I still think about it of just playing rock, paper, scissors. And I put my hand out like this for paper. And maybe, maybe there was a tilt to it. You know, maybe there was one of these. I don't, I don't fucking remember. I'm a fucking kid. I was like five or six. And I remember my fucking aunt being like, what are you, bakla? And I went and cried. I was like, no, I'm not gay. I'm no. Because I was, at that point, I already knew it was the worst thing to be, was bakla. Fuck you. <laughs> I don't know why, I don't know why I remember that so vividly. Because it's fucking, it was so fucking stupid. I replayed that memory a lot. And I was like, I made sure whenever I played, the reason I remember is because every time I played rock, paper, scissors after that, I make sure to keep my hand, I keep the finger spread and I also keep the fucking wrist angle 180. None of this, none of this. It's just Heil, you know? Even a Heil, you get a little bit 
There's a joke about that already done already too, about the fucking, I don't need to get into that, but the point is got shamed playing rock, paper, scissors, buck law. Uh, the racism, that's a little different. That's just blatant. Like we don't trust black people. We don't trust uh, brown people. Uh, and we don't trust certain other Asians. It It's like, it's not even a question of like, uh, like, you know, you just don't, you just don't bring it. You, you like white people and that's it. You worship white people. If you're Filipino, that's it. Filipino, the Filipinos are below, you know, you strive to be white. That's it. There's nothing else. Everyone else is garbage. Um, that's my understanding. And that's, you know, that's what I learned from the, the aunties, the Filipino aunties, the titas. And don't be gay or else. What else we got? My godmother's nice. It's my dad's sister. She's the only good one. I think she's the only one that I, I thought she would, would be one of the most crude people being from, from being this bad bitch from New York. But it turns out she... I think has the most uh, emotional availability and, and, and is thus also the most stable. She expresses herself and understands how other people express themselves is, is available and, and, and nice to talk to. Whereas everyone else does not express themselves and doesn't understand why someone would want to express themselves and be vulnerable, you know? So my white aunt is, Hey, it could be the ingrained, you know, white worship, you know, but I, I definitely like her better. I like her better than the Filipino aunties. I thought I had something to bring her down a notch, but I don't. I don't because she, she is such a nice person. Like she, yeah, she's so basic and like watches, you know, TLC shows like they're, you know, like it's like, it's nothing. She does play candy crush still. She does play games on phone all day, but you know, that's pretty cool now. <laughs> it's what kids do. She's probably more hip than me. Cause she's plays, she probably plays clash of clans. She probably plays clash Royale. Uh, but when I was going through like my, my worst shit you know, in high school, when I was living with grandma, when we were living with her mom, she was dealing with her mom. And then also my dad being fucking insane, dating the Filipino chick from who's 20 and 
is a scam artist, you know, but it affecting him in a lot of ways. And then also having me as a, a nephew threatening to kill himself all the time. Um, she handled it extremely well for a woman who also suffers from her own anxiety and depression and like everyone, but that and having a family on top of it, having grandkids on top of it. I respect her a lot more than I probably anyone else I'm going to mention. And I wish I had something negative to say, but I don't, I usually do. She raised kids. She raised four daughters who are, I think all three of them are moms and they named their kid, you know, just very white families who they, they met, they married guys named like Tyler and like BJ fucking a guy named blowjob who goes by blowjob. And they named their kids like fucking Finley and like Abercrombie and, and Fitchley, you know, like dumb shit like that. I don't talk to him, but I think about him. Think about him. Sorry, this isn't really going anywhere. I thought this would be funnier, but I've been really depressed for this like past like week. So I can barely like get out of bed to do this. Um, Mother's Day stresses me out. Cause it's, it's not about to me. It's, it's, it's really not about it. This is extremely selfish, but it's always definitely for most of my life. Mother's day has been the day I have to try as hard as possible to do everything I can to avoid feeling like a bad son. Cause I, I can't even split the responsibility with another sibling and boo hoo the single, uh, child, you know, but we were so enmeshed my mom and I like the pressure's on the pressure was always on and, uh, there was nothing I could do to, overcome feeling like a, a piece of shit, like a piece of shit son for most of my life. And, um, and so now when mother's day rolls around, I just, I actually just, uh, I just bite the bullet and just feel like a shitty person for the day. After I send the mother's day text, I just, uh, I brood. I brood and think about what could possibly change about that dynamic. And I had a rich aunt. I had a rich aunt on my mom's side. Technically she was my cousin, but like just older. And uh, they were also in PA. And that's where I spent my summers. And that's how I learned that um, I was poor, that her family was poor, was by spending these summers at this, literally to me, it was a mansion. I mean, it's just like a big, it was like four bedrooms, but the rest of the house 
was just like way big for no reason. Just like there's just a lot of empty space, you know, like the bedrooms themselves weren't that big either. It was just like, I, like the, it was built like a big white house. I don't know. It's weird. It's definitely a flex. I remember a lot of what they bought. It was very, very flex worthy. Just a lot of furniture that's not meant to really be used and just a lot of just a lot of furniture that's not meant to be interacted with. That's that's like a big sign of to me, you know. It was my first time like living in a house, at least for the summer like that. Um and, and being around that. Um and I stole from them. <laughs> I learned very early on from that family that it would be okay to steal from the rich, I, that they could afford it. They could afford to be stolen from once in a while. I taught myself that. I taught myself that when I was like seven. I stole my fucking, I stole my, my little cousin's Nintendo DS and his Game Boy SP at the same time. I was like, fuck you. That was bitter, I guess. <laughs> I was like, fuck you for having parents who can actually afford to have a kid. You know, we're actually prepared to have a child. Um, women. My school psychologist was nice. In high school, I didn't, I didn't know schools had psychologists, you know, until I got called to meet her, called to meet one. Her name was, I think, Diane. She was a nice, burly, big woman, you know, very maternal. I did have kids. Was a mom. Um... But I think without her, I, I wouldn't have gotten the ball rolling of uh, like getting help. Uh, she made it okay for me to get help. Um, or at least to start or to try or figure out if I needed help, you know. She... But also was the first woman that my mom, I think, felt that I betray that I cheated on her with was the was the school psychologist. And this was because my mom was trying to this is a long story, but basically she was trying to get me switched out of a AP history class that I shouldn't have taken and I was getting frustrated over and I was telling my mom that I just, you know, I, I just was stressed out about it. But really I, I was stressed out about other things, but I just put it on AP history cause that's what you're supposed to do. And she was calling the school threatening, like, Oh, if you know, you don't get him out of this class, like he's, you know, it's going to be on your head if my son kills himself, blah, blah, blah. So obviously the school has to take that seriously. And my mom's not, <laughs> it's weird that my mom would make a threat like that. It's like fucking insane. Um, but she just, I just distinctly remember like here, like sitting in front of her, like as she's talking to, I think my, like a vice principal, like, if you don't do something about this, then if my son kills himself, it's it's like your problem. I'm like, oh, you know, at that time I was like, I was, you know, glad my mom could stick up for me like that. But it was also like, 
you know, what the fuck, you know? The fuck kind of principal has to deal with that kind of shit, you know? That sucks. Sucks having to deal with parents like that. And they're, and they're everywhere now. Uh, and then, yeah, so they obviously had to make sure that I wasn't going to kill myself and that they were going to cover their asses. And so they had me come to the school psychologist who was very nice. And then she had me go to my first, uh, uh, harm, self harm evaluation risk assessment, I think is what they still call them at the hospital. And then that started the whole shebang. I started, I got the ball rolling, but it got a lot harder from there, but definitely got the ball rolling for me to start getting psychiatric help. So thank you. Thank you, Diane, whoever you are. Loved my high school sweetheart's mom. Can't think of her name. Mary Carol. MC. And not necessarily because like, I just like moms. I like, I like dealing with other people's moms. Like I like wooing other people's moms a lot. And I think I'm good at it. I think I'm good at playing like the mommy. I'm good at playing parents, but like, you know, obviously I want to impress the mom more. Um, and I loved Mary Carol because she was hard to impress. Okay. I like the challenge. I don't like easy moms. And she was a challenge too, because, because I was a fucking asshole in high school and I, I would get, her daughter in trouble all the time because I was a delinquent. But she, you know, she fed me. <laughs> she fed me a lot. And I don't know what to say about her. Just, I, I, she made the relationship. She made my relationship with my girlfriend at that time a lot. I think she made it more interesting. I think she made it infinitely more interesting because she did not, you know, approve seemingly. And she made it very clear. And it, and it started to fuck me up in a way that I, I don't know if I associated it's because both of her moms didn't approve. My mom also did not approve of me dating Julie. So I think it got me confused about like, is love supposed to feel like something that is wrong that you're doing it in spite, you know, and it wasn't like, I don't think she was that bad. She wasn't that bad of a person. I probably maybe was as bad or as a negative influence as they would have claimed at that time. And that's different, but you know, Julie, I don't think was that bad. 
as bad as a high schooler can be, I guess. Anyway, Mary Carol, hope you're great with that fat ass. <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't fuck her, but you know, usually I like to fuck moms. I usually I like to think about fucking moms. I that one I didn't want to fuck. Absolutely not. Sorry. I don't know why. Think about it. Have to think about that one. I'll jerk off to you later. And then um, I don't know. My nursing instructors. I guess I couldn't think of anyone else to fill in the gap of like important women in my life, but all of my, I think, yeah, like almost all of them were women. They were all hot milfs and, um, and they all found me charming. I worked my mom charm on all my nursing instructors and that's how I got through nursing school. And that's how I have a nursing license now is because I schmoozed and I'm a nice little Filipino boy to fill their diversity quota. Um, and I, you know, I don't mind when they sexualize the men. <laughs> they taught me that it's okay to sexualize men because, you know, we're not oppressed. And so I learned that before I got into the nursing world that you will encounter many middle-aged women if you're a man, no matter what age you are, but you will be treated explicitly like a man and reminded that you are a hunk of meat and that you have actually many talents that a lot of women don't have in terms of how to manage uh, um, emergent situations and also uh, 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 workplace social dynamics, um, which you can obviously address in any other field. It's not just nursing, but, uh, the, my point is that in nursing, it's definitely unchecked in a lot of ways because it is a female dominated, uh, career still. I don't know what the numbers are, but sexualized in nursing school, sexualized in the nursing world, but it all started with the hot, MILF professors and uh, and I liked it. I liked it a lot actually because I knew I was going to get by because I, I, I knew I couldn't fuck up as long as I looked pretty for my 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 menopausal MILFs uh, they would at least pass me They were all like really neurotic. They all had like stories at some point about how they went through like, like a crisis, like a midlife crisis and like a career crisis of, of nursing and wanting to quit. And, and then in a way, a lot of them did. I mean, that's why they were, they were, they were professors now. I mean, there's a shortage of, of nursing instructors. Um, so they, you know, probably not that hard to come across a nursing teaching job, but yeah, my favorite one, she is a MILF and she had braces. She had braces in like her late thirties or early forties. I don't know how old she was, but she was hot and she was Italian. Megan <laughs> loved her. Still think about her. Oh my God. 
Hit me up. <laughs> Fuck me. I mean, that would that'd be the reason for me to get back into nursing is to um, when I'm ready to settle down with a MILF, probably. In fact, I think that'd be the only reason for me to like get back into nursing. Truly, it's not the money; it's it's to to meet a nice milf when I'm like thirty, <laughs> and I'll show her these videos, and she'll say, "Wow." <laughs> I, I want to show these videos to like a potential, like, you know, mate. I want this to be my first, like anyone's first impression of me is these. I think it would get a lot out of the way and it would weed out a lot of people that just, I don't know. I had one instructor named Carolyn. She was a total bitch. I hated her so much, but the year that I graduated, it came out that her husband, who is, uh, I don't know if he's still, a an active politician, but at the time he was, he held some kind of seat in Pennsylvania and I think at the time it was, I, I don't know. I'm not going to try to remember the details. The point is her husband was trying to, uh, <laughs> her husband was taking out one of his, uh, his young, like 20 something year old, uh, staff members out for ice cream. She was taking them out for ice cream and, and asking them out on dates. And there's like a, I remember when this all came out, I looked it up immediately and the interview, like they caught the answers he had to the questions were just like, I, I don't know. Like I just felt really like attached to her and like she's just very like special and sweet to me. And like this dude's married and he's like, a you know, I don't know what happened to it, but it was, it was, you know, not, not getting off on the fact that like she might've had a failing marriage at that point, but it's just like, you know, she's kind of a bitch. So, you know, maybe the girl he's taking out for ice cream just was a little, you know, a little nicer. God, you know, get married. Get married soon. <laughs> the sooner you get married, the sooner you can cheat on your spouse. Technically, you know. Once you hit the, I don't know, the 15 year, I don't know what the minimum is these days, culturally, it's culturally acceptable, but anyway, that was a boring episode, but uh, shout out, you know, moms and women as a concept, shout out all of you. Thankful for pussy. Thankful for, you know, boobies. And in honor of women, I will be reading the Quran today.
This book is not to be doubted. It is a guide for the righteous who have faith in the unseen and are steadfast in prayer, who give an alms from what we gave them, who trust what has been revealed to you and to others before you and firmly believe in the life to come. These are rightly guided by their Lord. These shall surely triumph. As for the unbelievers, it is the same whether or not you forewarn them. They will not have faith. God has set a seal upon their hearts and ears. This is a very funny copy because there are lots of notes. And next to God has set a seal, they wrote, why? (laughs) Question mark. God has set a seal. Why would he do that? I hope they explain it later in the book. Why? I won't, I won't read all the cliff notes. I just, I really liked that one. It's like writing why next to literally anything. You can write why next to the whole book, the Quran. Why? Their sight is dimmed and grievous punishment awaits them. (laughs) There are some who declare We believe in God and the last day, yet they are no true believers. They seek to deceive God and those who believe in him, but they deceive none save themselves, though they may not perceive it. There is a sickness in their hearts, which God has aggravated. They shall be sternly punished for the lies they tell. Again with the why. (laughs) Oh my God. This book is all quite, it's all why it's gotta be. When they are told, do not commit evil in the land, they reply, we do nothing but good. But it is they who are the evildoers, though they may not perceive it. And when they are told, believe as others believe, they reply, are we to believe as fools believe? It is they who are the fools, if they but knew it. When they meet the faithful, they declare, we too are believers. But when alone with their devils, they say to them, we follow none but you. We were only mocking. God will mock them and keep them long in sin, blundering blindly along. Why? Such are those that barter guidance for error. They profit nothing, nor are they on the right path. They are like one who kindled a fire, but as soon as it lit up all around him, God put it out and he was left in darkness. They do not see. Deaf, dumb, and blind, they will never return to the right path. Or like those who, beneath a dark storm cloud charged with thunder and lightning, thrust their fingers in their ears at the sound of every thunderclap for fear of death. The lightning almost takes away their sight. Whenever it flashes upon them, they walk on. But as soon as it darkens, they stand still. Indeed, if God pleased, he could take away their hearing and their sight. God has power over all things. Men serve your Lord who has created you and those who have gone before you so that you may guard yourselves against evil. Who has made the earth a bed for you and the sky a dome? Oh my God. Woo. And has sent down water from the sky to bring forth fruits for your sustenance. Do not knowingly set up other gods beside God. If you doubt what we have revealed to our servant, produce one chapter comparable to it. 
call upon your idols to assist you if what you say may be true. But if you fail, as you are sure to fail, then guard yourselves against the fire, capital F, whose fuel is men and stones prepared for the unbelievers. Proclaim good tidings to those who have faith and do good works. They shall dwell in gardens watered by running streams. Whenever they are given fruit to eat, they will say, this is what we used to eat before, for they shall be given the like. Wedded to chaste spouses, they shall abide therein forever. God does not disdain to make a comparison with a gnat or with a larger creature. The faithful know that it is the truth from their Lord, but the unbelievers ask, what could God mean by this comparison? By such comparisons, God confounds many and enlightens many, but he confounds none except the evildoers who break his covenant after accepting it and put asunder what he has bidden to be united and perpetuate perpetrate corruption in the land. These will surely be the losers. How can you deny God? Did he not give you life when you were dead, and will he not cause you to die and then restore you to life? Will you not return to him at last? He created for you all the earth contains, then ascending into the sky, he fashioned it into seven heavens. He has knowledge of all things. (laughs) What are the heavens? Says the note. When your Lord said to the angels, I am placing on the earth one that shall rule as my deputy, they replied, will you put there one that will do evil and shed blood when we have for so long sung your praises and sanctified your name? He said, I know what you know not. He taught Adam the names of all things and then set them before the angels saying, tell me the names of these if what you say be true, glory to you. They replied, we have no knowledge except that which you have given us. You alone are all knowing and wise. Then he said, Adam, tell them their names. And when Adam had named them, he said, did I not tell you that I know the secrets of the heavens and the earth and all that you reveal and all that you conceal? And when we said to the angels, prostrate yourselves before Adam, they all prostrated themselves except Satan, who in his pride refused and became an unbeliever. We said, Adam, dwell with your wife in paradise and eat of fruits to your heart's content wherever you will, but never approach this tree or shall both become transgressors. But Satan removed them thence and brought about their banishment get you down we said and be enemies to each other the earth will for a while provide your dwelling and your sustenance then adam received commandments from his lord and his lord relented towards him he is the forgiving one the merciful get you dense down hence all when my guidance is revealed to you those that accept my guidance shall have nothing to fear or to regret but those that deny and reject our revelations shall be the inmates of the fire and there they shall abide forever children of israel remember the favor i have bestowed upon you keep your covenant and i will be true to mine dread my power have faith in my revelations which confirm your scriptures and do not be the first to deny them do not sell my revelations for a paltry price fear me do not confound truth with falsehood nor knowingly conceal the truth attend to your prayers render the alms levy and kneel down with those who kneel down would you enjoin righteousness on others and forget it yourselves yet you read the scriptures have you no sense 
Fortify yourselves with patience and prayer. This may indeed be an exacting discipline, but not to the devout who know that they will meet their Lord and that to him they will return. Children of Israel, I remember the favor I have bestowed upon you and that I exalted you above the nations. Guard yourselves against the day on which no soul shall stand for another when neither intercession shall be accepted for it, nor any ransom be taken from it, nor any help be given it. Remember how we delivered you from Pharaoh's people who had oppressed you cruelly, slaying your sons and sparing only your daughters. Surely that was a great trial from your Lord. We parted the sea for you and taking you to safety, drowned Pharaoh's men before your eyes. Blah, blah, blah. We gave Moses the scriptures and knowledge of right and wrong so that you might be rightly guided. Moses said to his people, you have wronged yourselves, many people, my people, and worshiping the calf. Turn in repentance to your creator and slay the culprits among you. That will be best for you in your creator's sight. And he relented towards you. He is the forgiving one, the merciful. Blah, blah, blah. Moses, Moses, believers, Jews, Christians, and... Sibians? Whoever believes in God in the last day and does what is right shall be rewarded by their Lord. They have nothing to fear or to regret. You have heard of those of you that broke the Sabbath. We said to them, you shall be changed into detested apes. We made their faith an example to their own generation and to those who followed them and a lesson to the righteous. When Moses said to his people, God commands you to sacrifice a cow, they replied, are you making game of us? God forbids, God forbid that I shall be so foolish, he rejoined. God call on your Lord, they said, to make known to us what kind of cow she shall be. He replied, your Lord says, let her be neither an old cow nor a young heifer. But in between, do therefore as you are bidden. Call on your Lord, they said, to make known to us what her color shall be. He replied, your Lord says, let the cow be yellow, a rich yellow, pleasing to those that see it. Call on your Lord, they said, to make known to us the exact type of cow she shall be. For us, for to us cows look all alike. If God's wills, if God wills, we shall be rightly guided. Now you have told us all, they answered, and they slaughtered a cow after they had nearly declined. And when you slew a man and then fell out with one another concerning him, God made known what you concealed. We said, strike him with a part of it. Thus God restores the dead to life and shows you his signs that you may grow in understanding. Yet after that, your hearts became as hard as rock or even harder for from some rocks, rivers take their course. Some break asunder and water gushes from them and others tumble down through fear of God. God is not unaware of what you do. <sighs> when do we get to the misogyny? When we made a covenant with the Israelites, we said, serve none but God. Show kindness to your parents, to your kinsfolk, to the orphans, and to the destitute. Exhort men to righteousness, attend to your prayers, and render the alms levy. But you all broke your covenant except a few and gave no heed. 
And when we made a covenant with you, we said, you shall not shed your kinsmen's blood or turn them out of their dwellings. To this you consented and bore witness. Yet there you were slaying your own kinsfolk and turning a number of them out of their dwellings and helping each other against them with sin and aggression. Though had they come to you as captives, you would have ransomed them. Surely their expulsion was unlawful. Can you believe in one part of the scriptures and deny another? No, you cannot. It is all or nothing. They asked why. I just explained. That one I know the answer to. <laughs> Those of you that act shall thus be rewarded with disgrace in this world and with grievous punishment on the day of resurrection. God is never heedless of what you do. This is starred. Such are they who buy the life of this world at the price of the life to come. Their punishment shall not be lightened, nor shall they be helped. Oh, man. There's nothing about women in here. But even if their lives were indeed prolonged, that will surely not save them from our scourge. God is watching all their actions. Say, whoever is an enemy of Gabriel, who has by God's grace revealed to you the Quran as a guide and joyful tidings for the faithful, confirming previous scriptures, whoever is an enemy of God, his angels, or his apostles, or of Gabriel or Michael, will surely find that God is the enemy of the unbelievers. We have sent down to you clear revelations. None will deny them except the evildoers. What? Damn, this book's fucking boring, dude. Get to the pussy. Where are the bitches? Hmm. I'm just skimming along here. I should have read this a little beforehand, but this shit's so fucking stupid. Hey, if anyone knows Muhammad, can you, uh, can you send this video to the Muhammad, please? I'll include a little picture. I'll include a little comic in this video just for him, just for him with a capital H the prophet. I mean, sorry, that is his title. The prophet, please. I'll, I'll send it myself, actually. Do you think he's on Twitter? I'm banned on Instagram. You probably noticed. I've been banned a couple times. I think this one's final. I tried to share a post about my degradation series that is already released. The fourth episode will be released this week. And I made a little post about it and I made a little jokey joke about something topical related to women because, you know, I am a feminist and it had pictures of 
me naked, but not my penis, you know, every, you know, everything but penis and ass. And yeah, and then I got banned again. So in case you're wondering, it's, it's, I'm banned for the reason you probably think it's because of, supposedly it's because of sexual activity. Will I get it back? Maybe, but, uh, I probably won't use it again. I really have to not. I don't know where you can find me now. I'm still on Snapchat. Or you can hit me up on X videos messenger. I'm sure that will always be there. If you want to be a degenerate with an X videos account, by all means, I will respond. Or just hit me up in the comments and help the algorithm help boost me. Especially if you're a woman, especially if you're a woman and a minority, it would be very helpful to me uh, to help me look good for when I'm finally judged someday. At least I can say, well, my fans gave me a pass. Clearly, someone's in on the joke. Otherwise, I'd have been canceled. Now, probably not going to get to the part in this book where they talk about how men are better than women, about how men are worth uh, two women, um, things about, you know, I never read it. I've never read the Christian Bible, never read any Bible. Never really read many holy scriptures, holy, holy words, you know, eight years of Sunday school. You don't really have to read. You just have to listen to a pedophile tell you about, uh, you know, how to be a good person, you know, how to be a good person when you're 13 and all you want to do is jerk off aggressively as soon as you get home. That doesn't make you a bad person, but Oh, I'm also, uh, no. Oh, oh, I'm also banned on stream eight. That was the other thing. In case any of you actually checked that out, um, I thought that was going to be my other income stream was stream eight, but they're fucked because they thought John Cena was a real person. And so without any warning, uh, they just completely banned me, deleted my account. I lost everything that I built up on there and it's retarded. I sent them a nice email saying, Hey, here's pictures of John. It's just cardboard cutout, you know, but nothing. 
So, I will be getting another job. Because fuck this shit, dude. Because fuck you. Because fuck my broke ass fans. Good for you, actually, for not wasting money on me. Actually, that's very cool. But but also fuck me for attracting broke-ass bitches, you know? Been playing it wrong from the start. It's only lonely, horny, saggy old men that have money to blow. And a few select young women who have been generous to me who are supremely lonely. I don't, you know, I don't know. But... They've been supporting me. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I, I'm about to, I'm about to go and settle for a MILF. I'm about to go back. going to go back to nursing to meet a nice MILF to take care of me. And that's it. That's, that's me calling it a day. I'm phoning it in. She's going to let me stay in her condo and, and jerk off all day. I'm going to keep, I'm really going to keep doing my, my podcast. <laughs> oh my God. I'm going through it. I hope, I hope I'm, I can self-diagnose sleep apnea and that solves all my fucking problems. And I know it won't, but it's an act of desperation and, uh, you know, I'm doing my best. I'm sure you're doing your best out there. I'm sure you're a woman listening to this. I'm sure you're wondering maybe if I'm even going to come depending on what point of the video or the episode you're listening to or when I come you probably only click on the last five minutes of any episode. If you click on this episode at all, you just want to know what happens at the end. Can I come? I don't know. I don't want to come. I don't want to come anymore because it is a waste. It is a waste of a resource to be coming. You feel tired. You're drained. You don't want to do anything after you come. It's nice, but for someone who's already so unproductive like me, Even though what I'm trying to produce is come related, I'm starting to think I don't have to come. I'm starting to think I don't have to come for my content. And I know that that might sound disappointing, but I think it's funny. I think that's the ultimate tease is to just stop coming in my videos. Can I make people pay to watch me come? 
I already do it on the streaming sites. I mean, I don't, well, let's just do it here too. You already have a hundred videos of me coming. Like, you know what it looks like. You know what my loads look like. You know what I sound like. You know, can I use fake cum? Can I fake my orgasms now? They're not going to get better. You know, I'm not doing Kegels anymore. I'm not training my body. I'm not like taking weird supplements to get myself, give myself huge loads. I'm not taking Semenax. I do take zinc, but that's, that's just for general health. Not for cum. I want to run dry. I'm run. It's my life force, you know. I think I'm gonna stop coming. It's no longer a come cast. It's probably a a jerk cast, a rub cast. Uh. That was the point was to have a, a the first like half of it be free and then you pay for the last half which includes the cum shot. But that model doesn't make sense if I can't host it anywhere. So I'd rather just have things where you don't see me come. And then if you want to come, I guess hit me up. <laughs> you can privately pay for cum. Not giving anyone cuts anymore when I come. It's actually extremely weird. That's how I look at it now, actually, is, is a site getting like a 65% cut of my come profit when I should be getting all of it, you know? I've advertised my come enough. When I first started, I was like, you know, yeah, let me, let me show what, let me show people what I got. Let me show what kind of cum I got. And I've done it a hundred times. I think this is the part where I'm supposed to be like, all right, well, if you, if you're still impressed by it and still need more somehow, uh, there is a, there is a, there's a paywall, but you're still welcome to enjoy the other hundred free other times I've literally jizzed for your pleasure, not my own. I don't enjoy coming actually. I don't know if you notice that. Uh, it's not really that fun for me. It's more fun if I get paid. I've rewired my brain in such a way that I am only getting sexual pleasure from money. So if you'd like to please me sexually, which I know you do, you got to send me money. And there's nothing wrong with that. Anyway, Let me know what you want to see. I have a lot of ideas I haven't bothered making. 
don't know if I'll make. I think they're funnier on paper. But I had a I had a, a burst of inspiration, motivation. And I used the most of it. I was pretty manic. I just uh recorded a lot, edited a lot, and that's what you'll see trickle in for the next couple months. And now I can just do nothing. I might record all the the next 20 edge games right now. It'll just be 20 hours of me jerking off and never coming. And I have nothing interesting to say because I, I do nothing interesting with my life. All I'm thinking about is moving to Oklahoma. That's pretty much the only thing I got going on in my mind is moving to Oklahoma and and then uh, then who knows what but it's going to happen in okay maybe okay see <sighs> any moms out there hit me up if anyone wants my seed, <laughs> hit me up. If anyone wants me to uh, impregnate them, let me know. I charge a very small fee compared to what you would get at a sperm bank. We're cutting out the middleman. I will just ship it straight to you. And for an extra fee, I will personally inject you with a, with a turkey baster. That's right, folks. I'm selling my body. That's right, moderators. I am uh, soliciting uh, sexual services via my videos. That's right, folks. It's not satirical. It's not a joke. I am desperate. You heard it right. Not a joke. It never was. All right, ready? It's really funny. There's a penguin classics version of the Quran. I don't know why that tickles me so much, but I mean, it makes sense, but <laughs> I don't know. Just something about any, any like penguin classics branding is makes any Holy scripture look very sacrilegious. Really? <laughs> like any, would any Muslim own this kind of copy of the Quran? I don't know. My nose is so itchy. Universally accepted by Muslims to be the infallible word of God as revealed to Muhammad by the angel Gabriel nearly 1400 years ago, the Quran still provides the rules of conduct fundamentals of the Arab way of life. 
masterly translation first published in the mid 1950s and now completely revised in light of the lifelong study of the language and style of the Quran presents the English reader with a clear, fluent and authoritative reading. Well, of course. Okay. That makes sense. So uh, yeah, clearly anyone who's not um, Muslim wouldn't be reading the, the English version probably. Um, Prevents the uh, presents the English reader with a clear, fluent, and authoritative rendering while fully reflecting the characteristic flavor and rhythm of the original. The present edition follows the original sequence of the Quranic Saraz and is provided with a comprehensive index. Well, very cool. Thank you, Penguin. You know, I made an effort to not even jerk off this week. I made an effort to not jerk off, no porn, nothing. Because usually I do. Sometimes I might do it like one time between episodes or like I am jerking off while camming, but not coming. And then today came... And I'm like, I'm sick of it. Can I do something else sexual with this? Can I like play with my nipples for an hour? Can I pretend I put something in my ass that vibrates for an hour and I just, I just squirm. Would you like that? I have, I have one of those love ends, you know, things I can, I can definitely, I can make that happen for you. Let me know what you think in the comments. Also, I don't have it with me, but check out Joe Olbermann's new book, sex and some zip code in Brooklyn <laughs> features me with paid ad placement features a reference to me, Geraldo Rivera, the porn creator. I was asked to do an ad for it. This is it. Since I got no other feedback about what they wanted. It's a book about gay sex. Surprise. <laughs> It's a book about dick and butt and cum. And it's for you. And it's only $10 on Amazon. Or you can go to New York and buy it. But otherwise you have to Otherwise, you have to give Amazon a little money, unfortunately, from my, uh, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> so if you, uh, I mean, I mostly boycott Amazon, but you know, for a gay book, hey, I think it's worth it. It's a trade-off, you know? Well... He's not black, so you're not supporting that kind of business, but you know, at least he's 
moderately oppressed. He is white. He is older. So, you know, there is some ageism there. The author, there could be a little ageism you're, you're, you're defending or supporting or you know what I mean? But he is just a gay white man. So, but is $10 too much? Yeah, it's not for a picture book. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to start writing books too. I want to start writing books. Uh, um, Hmm. I'm going to write books about jerking off. It's going to be one of those flip books, you know, where you just run your fingers, your thumb along it. And then it's just, it's just, it's just a picture of, uh, it's an animation of me stroking my penis. It's a hundred pages. I'm going to call it love in the nine, two, one, one, three, San Diego. And uh, I will sell one copy via Amazon Marketplace. It will be me. I will buy it. And I will send it to Joe Obelman. <laughs> Personally. <laughs> one copy, first edition only, illustrated by me. <sighs> this is the end. Don't worry, you don't have to click further anymore. Oh, that felt really good. Oh, Muhammad. Oh, Muhammad. Oh, Mo. Oh, Mo. Oh, you're such a, you're such a big prophet. Oh, your prophet's so big. Oh, Mo. Oh, you're profiting so hard. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah. I fucking hate women. Women are nothing. Fuck yeah. I'm better than most women. In fact, I'm better than all women. And that's the truth. It's God's word. And that makes me come. Uh, yeah. That's what gets me going. Uh, uh, Ha <laughs> ha
Fuck you, dude. Happy Mother's Day. I love you. Bye.